You're listening to Your Art Friends, Beth Radloff and Andrew Thompson. They're about to have a thoroughly unserious discussion about art. But don't worry, whether you're Da Vinci or the Worst, there's room on this palette for every color. If this is your first time listening to Creatives Brainstorm, be forewarned, because once you start looking at life like an artist, there's no undo button. In it, baby. In it to win it, or at least in it to to finish. Like I, I, in it to finish. Is that is that <laughs> a thing that people say? Because I kind of like it. <laughs> the older I get, the more in it to finish I become. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, I was like, I will be the best, and now I'm like, if I get to the ending, should should that be <laughs> what we our our closing statement to our opening statement? <laughs> weird it's so weird let's try it hi i'm beth and i'm andrew and And we're we're your your art art friends friends. let's be in it to finish (laughs) no 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 let's get thankful let's get thankful that's what we're doing we're getting thankful because today is the first day of thanks vember yes and that's where you and me Artist friends sit here and we, t- we talk about things that we're thankful for. Command Z. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 <laughs> undo. I would like to undo everything all the time. If only it worked in real life situations. Uh huh. Like you have an awkward moment with like a stranger in public. Like you're at the movie theater and you buy candy and they tell you to enjoy your movie and you say, you too. And then you realize what you just said. Command Z. <laughs> When you're sitting in your living room and you've poured yourself a glass of red wine because it was just a fucking day and you want to relax and you put it on your coffee table and your cat jumps up on your on your coffee table and you're like, no, Ricky, and you knock your red wine over and it pours onto your white carpet. Comancy. That's what this episode's about. Just we're thankful for the idea that we could go back in time and fix the <laughs> problems that we had. Let's remake that movie with Adam Sandler that has the uh, the the remote where you can rewind, but it's a command Z button. Click. Oh, God. We just call it Command Z, but it's the artist version of that. I'd rather just Command Z that movie. (laughs) Well, we technically would be by like if we remake that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Every remake is just a Command Z of the initial one. Don't fight me. (laughs) (laughs) So how you been? I've been all over the place. Yeah. Got a lot going on in my life. But the thing that I want to talk about that I don't think I've talked about on the show is that baby got accepted to her first convention. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. yeah. Not only did I get accepted to my first convention, it's um, it's San Diego Comic-Con. Big one. Yeah, it's a Hell big yeah. one. It's a weird one because it's the San Diego Comic-Con special edition. And I'm using air quotes with my fingies right now. Um, and I'm hoping that even though this year is like not the standard big boy Comic-Con, I'll have gotten my foot in the door when the door had accidentally cracked open to air itself out because COVID was in the room. You know what I mean? (laughs) You just got to be real good at uh, making friends with the people who run the show. How do I do that? Do they like walk around? Sometimes the, um, the organizers will walk around the show. Um, or they might have like a volunteer 
like shirts on or something like that. Every volunteer shirt person, I'll be like, you want a Long's donut? This is what Andrew does. I had to get them imported. <laughs> yeah, I got get imported specially from Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of crusty. They're not warm anymore and they're all stuck <laughs> together. But they were like that in Indianapolis, too. So just imagine how good they were when they were warm. That's what I'll tell them. And they'll be like, we're never inviting you back. This is too weird. Our fingers are sticky and now we can't talk to anybody else. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I'm really nervous. It's going to be it's going to be big messy. I think in December, one of the episodes might, I don't know, might be about my first experience by myself doing a convention. Uh, but yeah, Ooh. that's going to happen at the end of November. It could be fun if you do that. I could try to dig up photos of my very first con booth. That's nice, Andrew. But remember, this is a podcast. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, see your not not to show them, but like to pull it up and then talk to you about how like you're probably going to be like, oh, it was so like messy and terrible and awful. And 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 uh, I could have done this better and this better. And I'm going to be like, Beth, shut up. Like all of my prints are held together by strings and uh, binder clips. (laughs) <laughs> and my table is inset into the booth and nobody wanted to come in and talk to me in my creepy cool. booth. Let's have a <laughs> we'll have a whose booth is shittier party. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> who did it worse? It's it, it would it's really just an idea where it's me being like Beth you're way ahead of where I was at my first con. Shut up. <laughs> well what it well you're putting words in my mouth. What if I have an incredible time? What if I go and I sell out of everything and everyone's like, you're the next big thing, baby. And I'll be like, wow, thanks. Then I'll go. Did you talk about the podcast? And I will. (laughs) I have little handouts. (sighs) 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 How's uh, what's you? What's you life? How's your life? What's what's you life? Um, (laughs) I know how to communicate. It's going to go great. (laughs) It's it's going good. Um. I had a day where like nothing I wanted to do got done. And so I just decided Ugh. to go to sleep instead. <laughs> <laughs> at least that got done. And then I woke up at like 5 a.m. And then I was super awake. And then I did work at like five in the morning for a few hours. Just to make up for the day before where you couldn't get any work done. Well, I was like sitting there in bed. I was like, well, I'm not going to like get up and like start my like whole day. So I just grabbed my iPad and I started drawing. What? That's that's kind of romantic. To like wake up and grab your iPad and sketch down some wonderful thing. Put yourself back to bed. Well, like Cadence was asleep and I was like, I don't want to wake her up because she already was like stayed up with me like super late. And so I was like, I don't want to wake her up. So I'm just going to like sit here and draw and she can sleep curled up next to me. So, yeah, that happened the other day. And then um, I did get a new mug, which I wanted to show you on on here. Yes. Show me in the visual medium of the podcast it's an elephant mug yeah it's an elephant mug is this guys i have an elephant mug where they're all having sex with each other and now andrew has an elephant mug where they're all also having sex with each other (laughs) liar (laughs) you got me back (laughs) no they're just all these little elephants some of them are sitting some of them are standing and they're just they're just hanging out. And there's also an elephant at the bottom of the mug, which makes me feel like I'm drowning that elephant because I poured coffee in on top of it. And it's the only oh, elephant no. that gets covered by. 
by liquid. <laughs> what, if, what if it's like one of those heat activated mugs where the elephant is happy until you pour <laughs> hot coffee on it and then the happy <laughs> smile turns into a frown? Oh, that would be so no. funny. <laughs> the inside of the mug, it just says, no, 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 no. The higher it goes. It just says X's for eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I'm thinking practically about how to make it, but that probably hasn't happened because I don't think you can put that chemical on the inside part of the mug. It has to go on the outside part. But in my imagination, anything can happen. Maybe technology will catch up to our dreams one day. Maybe. We can only hope. <laughs> so today we're talking about friends. When you think about an artist, you picture them standing alone, surrounded by a gallery's worth of creations, right? They are successful. They are affluent. They're stylish. But rarely do we, in our mind's eye, see them standing near anybody else. But the question that we have is, who helped them along the way? This month, we want to give those folks in our lives some credit. So we're doing Thanks Vember, and each week we'll look at the friends, family, mentors, and rivals that have been important in shaping us, and why. And we encourage you to think about those uh, same categories of, of folks in your life, um, and, and maybe thank them as well. But first, <gasps> let's play Would You Rather. Okay. This one's a simple one. This one's one of them, one of them basic boys. I like a good vanilla latte every once in a while. Give it to me. Yeah. All right, Andrew, would you rather have one amazing friend who does it all for you, serves every friendship need, mm-hmm. or 10 friends who are good for specific needs? The one that does it all. The one that purely, does it all. Purely because I only have to talk to one person. <laughs> <laughs> efficiency yes yeah you tout yourself as like uh, a man who collects introverts Mm -hmm. you're an outgoing effervescent person who brings introverts in under his wing and has like a corral of introverted friends and so I'm kind of surprised that you went with the one amazing friend because it is so in your nature to do it the other way around well like so don't get me wrong I do I I am fortunate in the friends that I have. Um, But there are days where I can feel a little exhausted by the end of the day because um, I tend to give a little bit too much of myself sometimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there are some days where it's like a friend will message me and I'll just, they'll they'll be like, oh, how you been? It's been so long. And I'll just like, even if I already have like a very full day, I'll be like, okay, there's an hour of my day where I have nothing, which is meant for me to like eat and, and breathe. And yeah. I'll be like, hey, do you want to get on a video call and chat? Like, let's do that. Oh, bud. <laughs> oh, there aren't enough hours in the day. Yeah. So I feel like for my own sanity, the one singular one would be the best option for me. But that's also like... Yeah, I still feel like I would have those like friends underneath that like one like absolute best friend. But yeah, the acquaintances. Yeah. The plebes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The plebes. (laughs) The peasants. What would you pick? The queen and the peasants. Um, When I'm thinking about it, I I think I would go with the 10 friends for a totally different reason. I understand how you feel. 
And I, um, contrastly, am, am the opposite in that I don't give enough to my friends. So I mm. am the vampire from which you are sucked dry. Uh, <laughs> and this is why we work. <laughs> this is why, yep, I suppose that is a yin and yang in, in a way. Um, I think I would feel, if I had one amazing friend that did it all, I think I would feel too much pressure is it Mike? to... No, 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 it's not. I, I have a whole thing about this, actually. Uh, I think I would feel too much too much pressure to, like, bother them all the time, and then mm-hmm. I wouldn't. But if I have a bunch of friends who, like, this is my art friend, this is my movie friend, this mm-hmm. is my I'm crying and need to talk to somebody friend, when I spread it out that way, then I get to have these, like, special, unique relationships with a bunch of different, beautiful people and then sometimes when we're all in the same room together, I get to sit back and see how they all interact with each other. Oh, now um, you're making me want to change my answer. It's kind of, I don't know. It, that's, that's how I like it. And on the topic of Mike, um, so Mike's my husband, but Mike isn't, and I don't think Mike should be, fulfilling every aspect of what I need out of a partner. Um, I think that if I put that on him, it would it would be detrimental to the relationship. And, and likewise, like he has social needs that I can't fulfill. And that's why we have friends. That's why we have close friends yeah. who do different stuff with us. And that's good because then I can go and let's say I have a writer friend, my my close friend, Jeff, him and I go to a coffee shop and we'll spend like four hours drawing and writing and concept conceptualizing and talking, talking deep shit. And then I get to come home. Uh, and talk to Mike about what we talked about. But Mike isn't really interested in going there with me. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Because I yeah. have Jeff to go there with me. And I have that with like a bunch of different friends. And so for me, it's the 10 over the 1. Yeah. I think, okay, you, you've convinced me. Uh, I'm changing oh. my answer to the 10. Because, you, you, well, you also reminded me of something. Um, yeah. And it actually ties in really well with this episode because uh, it was right before COVID. It was January 2020. Um, a bunch of friends, including uh, former guests of the show, Timothy, uh, Dustin, Sang, Sean, and some other art friends came into town for OhioCon here in Columbus. And they stayed at my place. And there was one night that we invited some other artists that we knew from the show back to my place to like have a little party and and listeners don't think of this as like a, oh we all got like crunk like no it was like we played werewolf and multiplayer solitaire um <laughs> at, with like 30 people so like it wasn't it wasn't crazy like it was it was very very chill there is something crazy about playing multiplayer solitaire with 30 people though well, okay it like, was it was really I've more never like seen it was really like more that. like 15 it was like 15 playing multiplayer oh, solitaire yeah. okay so that, and then that 15 playing it. that's normal playing werewolf but it was like <laughs> it reminded me of like if you get a bunch of theater kids in a room like that's what's gonna happen is like we're all gonna be mm-hmm. like let's play this fun improv game like boom that's what happened yeah uh and then cadence my dog is just like wandering around between every single person at the party and one of my favorite things about that night was my like one of my closest friends since college. Um, she was here and she was like meeting a lot of my art friends for the first time that she's heard so many great things about. She just like clicked with all of them. And then that night, like we had this like really nice little moment right before she left where she was like, look at this wonderful group of people that you've like 
that you have here, like these, these friends that you've made. Um, and like, you're a part of this, like, don't, don't take this for granted. Yeah. And Aww. it was this really cool, like, cause then, then she left and I like literally did what you just described. And I like stood there and I like, look, I was standing in a part of my house where I could see the group playing werewolf and I could see the group around the like dining room table doing the multiplayer solitaire and I just had this yeah. moment of like being very <laughs> thankful of like those people in my life. Yeah. See, okay. So <laughs> let's talk about friendship because your girl here, when we were talking about how to do this episode, uh, we were going to do some personal anecdotes, which will come later on in the show. And also I wanted to do research into the science of friendship and why friendship is important. And uh, it, that exists. It yeah. exists out there in the world. Certainly. I had such a hard time finding it in relation to <clears throat> being an artist, mm-hmm. artists and their friendships, artists and the, re- the the relationships that influence them and their art. I have all of these like self-help books about being a creative person like this one by. Who wrote you? <laughs> Who made you? Who's your father? It literally <laughs> says edited by Jocelyn K. Gly and forward by Scott Belsky. It's not. It just existed. Nobody wrote it. <laughs> I have this book that's a collection of different essays from a bunch of different creatives. And the title is Manage Your Day to Day, Build Your Routine, Find Your Focus and Sharpen Your Creative Mind. And I'm like reading through this whole thing and none of it is about your relationships with people. Huh. The closest thing I could find to a passage about relationships has to do with like ideas relationships to each other let's write that book you know after we get like a couple years of this podcast under our belts we can write that book about like artists and their relationships i'm not against it (laughs) there might be fart jokes in there okay we'll we'll workshop it but (laughs) this is just the rough sketch this is the thumbnail drawing of that so Todd Henry, oh god damn it. Todd Henry wrote this section and it's called Creating for You and You Alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, so fuck. funny. I didn't realize that the title of that was there. there. That's hilarious. Um, but he quotes another man, Stephen Johnson, in his book, Where Good Ideas Come From, quote, a good idea is a network. A specific constellation of neurons, thousands of them fire in sync with each other. And for the first time in your brain, an idea pops into your consciousness. A new idea is a network of cells exploring the adjacent possibility of connections that they can make in your mind. So here he's talking about neurons and networks of neurons, and that's how good ideas form. But I want to zoom out and say that like human beings relationships in networks is also a way to cause amazing ideas to form. Yeah. I mean, the listeners have heard us brainstorm on here where some of those ideas wouldn't happen unless it was both of us. Yeah, we did it earlier with the fucking elephant cup. I can't come up with elephant cup by myself in a bubble. No, no. I have all of these books. This is just one example of like many, many little self-helpy artist books that are all about like managing your routine and writing down your ideas and having Mm -hmm. quiet time alone to come up with the next big thing. And bitch, no. (laughs) (laughs) I was not expecting how like just 
all of a sudden it was just like explosion of like passion. <laughs> it's it's like frustrating that I have not been able to find anything in the books that I own, at least, that mm-hmm. don't pedestalize the artist as this individual singular mind. Yeah, because we're not. And I feel like that's uh, again, like going back to like the little introduction, like all you ever hear about any well-known artists who have made it or anybody that you follow that you're like, Oh my God, this person, like they're, they have tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers. And you know, they're fucking killing it on Patreon and, and at cons, Mm -hmm. they're always busy at their booth. But what you don't hear about is like all the people that help them get there. Like you always, I don't don't know why we do this, but we look at it. We're just like, Oh yes, they they're self-made. They did this all on their own. Uh Uh-huh. And it's like, no, they they had people helping them. They had friends who, you know, stayed up late with them while they were prepping for these things. They had family who, you know, encouraged them. They had all of these different people in their lives that played a positive role. And you don't ever hear that. No. And they continue to, too, because it is it is hard to be an artist. Because you put a lot of pressure on yourself to create that next big, beautiful, incredible thing. And you're fighting against this perception that you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. And you're fighting against it from Imposter just like general. Syndrome and all uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. And yep. inside interior. Yeah. So it's coming it's coming from exterior and it's coming from interior as well. Yeah. So let's maybe talk a little bit more about how fucking cool it is to show your artwork to a buddy and have them be like, this is the best thing. I'm so glad that you do stuff like this. I mm-hmm. want to see more from you to have a, a romantic partner who like revels in the fact that you can draw mm-hmm. to have friends who are artists who also contribute and collaborate and do things with you, draw stuff with you yeah. to have friends who are not artists who are doing other creative endeavors and need an artist to like collaborate with yeah. And your ideas just synergistically create something new and exciting. And uh, all of a sudden, all of these like networks of neuron people make the world more beautiful. Fuck. <laughs> be be the neurons that create the art that is your brain. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um. That's yeah. our other intro. Hi, I'm Beth. I'm Andrew. We're your art friends. Be the neurons that create the art that is your brain. Let's get into it. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, so good. Why didn't I think of that? Oh, my God. It never fails that each week we see someone do something creative that makes us say, why didn't I think of that? So before we move on with our show, let's applaud those who did it first. Neil Armstrong. <laughs> so what is your why didn't I think of that, Beth? My why didn't I think of that comes from an artist that I am a big boy fan of. Omona is the artist's name. Mm-hmm. And they made across the body backpack slash fanny packs mm-hmm. that look like fish. Oh, that's so sweet. Fish. I got real excited about it because they mocked this up as like a prototype and I tweeted aggressively to say, I need this when you sell it, please. And it's um, the one I want. It's a tuna mm-hmm. and it's really cute. It's got big circle eyes. Uh, it it goes side satchel across your chest mm-hmm. and it's a tuna. 
It's blue on the top, it's yellow on the bottom, it's got fins, and you can zip it, unzip it, you put a thing in it, and then get, and Andrew, it's a tuna. It's a tuna. She tweeted today with like three other designs, so now there's a tuna, a salmon, a cow, and an octopus, and like, fuck me, now I think I might want the octopus, so maybe for Christmas, I get two, I don't need two, but two, do I get two? Get two. The octopus is so good, dude. It looks like a sausage. That's definitely your style. Thanks. Uh, one final thing about these fish satchels is mm-hmm. that when you unzip them and open them up, the pattern on the inside of the fish ah! is like sushi <laughs> fish, raw fish pattern. I love that. That's such a good idea. <laughs> like, I love little details like that because it's like, it's so subtle and it's so simple, but it's also like, mm, yes, chef kiss choice. Like, hmm. So great. she's like an expert at this style that I'm I'm deeming shitty cute. I love shitty cute drawings. Like clearly it, it, it's not a refined circle. It's it's got warbles. It's got chonkiness to it. Uh, but the but the kind of balance of how compositions are made, mm-hmm. even though they're drawn kind of badly, is so cute. Yeah. So shitty cute. Shitty cute. <laughs> I'm coining it now. Nice. My widen, I think of that, is an ADHD fridge hack that I I decided to just try because I'm really bad about not eating the food that I have in my refrigerator and it going bad. Ah, and okay. it's because I would put it in, I would, I, I have, you know, two like drawers in my um, refrigerator. The crisper. Yes, that for years I was like, oh, yes, this is where the meat and the cheeses go. And this is where the vegetables and fruit go. But all the time, the vegetables and the fruit would go bad because I would forget about them because they were in a drawer. And uh, my brain would be like, those don't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And on TikTok, because like all things on TikTok, I found this um, amazing hack that was like, hey, does all your stuff go bad in your refrigerator? Try taking all your condiments and your sauces and putting those in your drawers and put everything else within eyesight. And I was like, hell yeah, sure, I'll try it. Whatever. At this point, I just don't want to waste any more food. And it fucking works. Does (laughs) it? (laughs) Yes. Because they were like, yeah, if you need a sauce, you're going to look for it. And I was like, ah, okay. And then sure enough, I try it and I was like, God damn it. They're fucking right. Like if you need a sauce, like you're not going to just be like, oh, this doesn't exist because I don't see it. You're going to be like, I fucking know I have sriracha in here. Where's the where's my where's sriracha? The fucking sriracha? Dude, where yeah. is it? And no one no one come after Andrew because there is science to why we use crisper drawers to keep stuff fresh because it doesn't matter if it goes there to die. Yeah. It doesn't matter if we put the thing in the crispy drawer, but then it stays there for three weeks and then becomes moldy potatoes in the back of your fridge. Don't put your potatoes in your fridge. I know it's just the thing that I said first. Fuck. Uh, cucumbers. Cookies. Put your cookies in your door if you want to eat your cookies quick. I like calling them cookies. Cookies, your mellies, your appies, <laughs> your bananies. Don't put your bananies in your fridge. No. Hang your bananies. Yeah. I got into. Was it a fight? I might have gotten into a fight about a banana hook with a man once. You're very tough, so I believe it. I have two tattoos now. I know. You're like double tough. You know, some people don't know. Guys, I have two tattoos. I'm double tough now. Don't fight me about banana hooks. She'll stab you with the banana hook. 
I've seen her do it. You seen me do it. Don't say that though, because then the cops will come and allegedly, put me in the jail. allegedly, I've seen her. Thank do you, it. thank you. It's a ale- I allegedly stabbed somebody with a banana. This is when our podcast becomes a true crime podcast. <laughs> Finally, we'll become popular. Yeah, <laughs> it's what everybody's been waiting for. Maybe, maybe Dad will be proud of us. <laughs> allegedly. I want to do the weekly artist newsletter? Yeah. Should that be like a gong noise? Ooh, yeah. Fog rolls in. Yeah. The gong happens. We're in like a big space. Suddenly we're in robes and there's candles. That's the vibe. It's all floating oil pastel candles. Whoa. It smells really weird, but it's also beautiful. It smells like color. It smells like color. <laughs> We've been employed by the Great Artist Council to write for the Weekly Artist Newsletter, a super real and secret publication that proves that art talent is actually just magic. And the only way to know how to use it is to have a subscription. So we decided that for our very first artist newsletter uh, contribution, that we would tackle the topic of how to make friends who will support your art. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that people really like this one and we're just going to brainstorm it right now, right? Yeah. yeah. So how to make friends is the first problem to tackle. And then mm-hmm. we need to make sure that those friends are like down with us drawing them. <gasps> Maybe that means that what you got to do is go into a public space and set up a box with with a, a stick underneath it and a string and you put a, a drawing in there. And then if they go for the drawing, you know that they like <laughs> art. So then you can pull the string Tra- and catch them under big the box, box. big human shaped box. <laughs> yeah. Hide in the bushes. <laughs> Then when somebody comes and they inspect the drug, you pull the, yep, trap the man, (laughs) trap the man, Uh, poke holes in the box so that they can breathe and then you can communicate with Mm -hmm. them because you don't want them to run away. It's a very important, very important step. Okay. I'm writing that down. Um, So then you just ask them, will you be my friend? Or you just say, you're my friend now. Andrew, I I do think that saying you're my friend now might be, um, it might be rude. Like you, the, you have to have a consent when it comes to a friendship because both parties sort of have to opt into the relationship. So you have to wait for them to say yes. Okay. Before you release them from the box. And the inside of the box, do you have like a thing that says like, will you be my friend? And then they have to check like, yes, no, maybe so. That's a good idea. Let's workshop it because my fear is that um, their answer won't be revealed to us until we take the box off of them. And they could mm. have said no and run away. Yeah, we don't want them running away. That's not what we want. <laughs> no, that's the opposite of friendship. Maybe the problem is the box. So how about it's a car? And you put the art in the car and you leave the doors open. And they get into the car, then you shut the doors. Because then it's like a comfortable space. But what if they take the car? I thought about this. I thought about this. Don't put the keys in the ignition because then obviously they'll just drive away. You're in the trunk. Here you go. It's a hatchback. Okay. You're in the trunk. Leave the driver's side. Leave, leave the passenger door open. Because then you know that they're, <laughs> they're down to shotgun. Okay. 
And so once they get into the car, then we do, then, then you, you show up with the piece of paper that says, will you be my friend? Yes or no. Is making supportive art friends just a, like a hairline difference from being kidnapped? Because that's what this scenario sounds like. Hmm. If you're in the trunk of the car and you leave the passenger door open. <laughs> I see what you... Oh, okay. Well, then maybe we... If I want to have a friend who supports my art, I wouldn't mind putting myself in the position of being kidnapped by that person because it could grow into something... It shows trust. It shows trust. And there we go. they're in a position of power immediately, so they will be more comfortable with, with the sort of mm-hmm. setup. Guys, it's really hard to make adult friends. Right? Yeah. Unless you show somebody a butt at a workshop, it's real hard. All right. That'll be option number two. When you are trapped in a space with somebody else, let's say at a workshop where someone's giving a presentation, or in line at Starbucks, just... Play a looping gif of uh, a man's ass on your phone and drop your phone. Go, oops, oh no, oops. And then wait for them to pick it up. What if they don't say anything about the butt, dude? I think that's the test. If they say something or react in any way, you're like, okay, you can play ball. Cool. You can play butt ball. All right. I just imagine a sport where it's like there's a ball, but it has like a butt crack down the middle. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just so you can grab onto it. How do we pl- how do we make butt ball? Sorry. Sorry. The <laughs> artist council. We're inventing butt ball and we're going to put this into the weekly artist newsletter. And perhaps playing butt ball this week is how you get inspired. That'll be like that part. I, yeah, I think that could work. Um, yeah. What's the goal of butt ball? To get it in the hole. To get the butt ball in the hole. That's the goal of most sports. I'm <laughs> I think I think that's the only thing that matters in butt ball. <laughs> but of course if you get if you get the ball dirty, you have to wipe it off. No dirty butt balls. <laughs> no. Every time you play butt ball, you have to have one one person whose job is to keep the balls the wiper. clean. The wiper. The players in the wiper. And the holy. <laughs> it's just like soccer, but you throw it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you throw it between your legs, though? Like you like underhand? You like, throw it between it. your legs for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> And then, like, how do you win? Do you win by just getting one one butt through the hole? You know what? That's a difficult that's a difficult question to answer because I think everybody has a different win condition when it comes to butt ball. So is it something you agree upon at the beginning of the game? Yeah, you kind of feel it out. <laughs> like you might maybe one goal is enough. Maybe she wants three. Yeah, it's good to communicate. Yeah, maybe it's beforehand. just about passing the butt ball. That day. I get that. Or even talking about, you know what? With your new art friend, just talk about the butt ball first. Because yeah. that'll, get, that'll get everybody excited about maybe playing butt ball later on. If you talk to them about butt ball, that is also, if they know what you're talking about, a surefire way to know that they also are looking for supportive art friends. Yeah. yeah. So pull the string, get the box to fall, be in the box together, play butt ball. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and sign this one and send it off. Sounds good. I think that's a perfect debut contribution. 
I'm Beth, and you know that. But what you might not know is that I'm a Denik Notebook ambassador. So why? Well, back in 2018, my tax man told me I needed a planner, so I just went into an office depot and grabbed a cute one. It was made by a company called Denik, and that started one of the most long-term relationships of my life, because I liked that planner so much, I went ahead and bought five of their Stay Flat notebooks. I signed up for their ambassador program because I was already telling people to buy them. No one asked me to make this ad. I had to look up what they're called, but I just love the classic lay flat notebooks. They have a Smithsone binding so their spines look tidy on a shelf. They're the perfect A5 size. And most importantly, they do indeed lay flat on your desk, regardless of what page you're turned to. I've never had to fight these to get them to stop creeping closed while I'm writing. And Denik works with and pays a wide range of artists to create illustrations for their velvety soft covers. So, if you're in need of a notebook, planner, or even sketchbooks, head over to denik.com, that's D-E-N-I-K.com, and enter code BRAD, B-E-R-A-D, at checkout for 15% off your order. That's denik.com, find your favorite thing there, and then enter code BRAD at checkout for 15% off your order. Thanks! Back to the show. Hey, Beth. Yes, Andrew. Can we talk about color? Go ahead. Yay. Uh, so because we're talking about friends this week, I thought it would be really fun to talk about simultaneous contrast. Similarly to ourselves and different groups of friends, colors affect each other and make themselves and the colors around them seem different. So if you've Mm. ever seen two squares of two different colors, so there's like a square in the center and then a surrounding like negative space color. And it's it's usually like a a game where it's um, like, oh, are these two colors the same? And people will be like, oh, no, those are two totally different colors. Turns out they're actually the same in like the center of the, the squares. Because a light color will look darker if surrounded by lighter, and a dark color will look light surrounded by darker. Yeah. And I thought that was a good topic to talk about for color coordinating this week, because just like colors, people, like, we all have different groups of friends. Like, you've mentioned your friends who are, like, more into film. Yeah. And then we have, like, you know, our art friends. We might play different roles in different friend groups. And Mm so... I find myself sometimes when I am around friends who are or a friend group that I haven't been around in a while, I find myself like almost not intentionally doing it, but changing how I act in that friend group. Yeah, that's normal. If I'm with a group of people who are quiet and introverted, then I will be the center of attention loudmouth. If I'm in a group of theater kids and comedians and they're all ripping jokes and stuff, I will be in the corner mm-hmm. talking to the dog. Yeah. The more specific nuts and bolts version of simultaneous contrast for anybody listening refers to the way in which two different colors affect each other. Um, So you and I are going to play a quick little game and everybody wins in this game because there's no like right or wrong answer. Nice. Yeah, it's perfect for us millennials. Uh, So we're going to play a game where we (laughs) pick a color for ourselves and then assign another color to various groups of friends that we have because we definitely have friends. Mm, Definitely. Yes. and and we're going to talk a little bit about maybe how we shift within those friend groups. Like you already mentioned with your like quiet groups of friends and your loud groups of friends. 
So first off, what color would you pick for yourself? Well, I think the obvious answer is my branding color, (laughs) marigold, orangey yellow. And I, too, shall pick the obvious color and go with a pink. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so together, we are vibrant and electric. Look at the logo, baby. That's it. Yeah. That's that's where those colors came from, if you were curious. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely, definitely think that, that that's pretty accurate for both of us, because I think, I don't know your experience with picking your brand color, but for me, it's definitely shifted over the years. Like, I started out as a more maroon, mm-hmm. and it's kind of evolved into more of a, like, saturated pink. And I think it's just because I'm more comfortable with myself now, and I'm like, yeah, I like this yeah. color. It's It's me. I like this. I ping-ponged from um, kind of a cyan. Ooh, interesting. And I can't imagine you as like cyan at all. I think in college, that was that was a big branding color for me. Um, oh, you know what it came from, actually? My hair color. Mm. I was a redhead for a really long time, like like a punchy redhead. Yeah. And so all of my branding had a little avatar drawing of me. Yeah. And the red looked really good on top of cyan. So mm. like the red was the color that was kind of anchoring everything. And then the choices around it were being made. So I would wear, um, when I drew myself, I would wear a yellow shirt. I would have red hair and I would be in front of a blue background. Mm. But then over time, I've, I've transitioned to this, just choosing this yellow color instead. Because I'm just more fond of it. Nice. Okay, so let's pick three groups of friends that we have. Okay. And assign a color to each group. So what what would your three friend groups be? Okay, my three groups are my, like, film friends slash YouTuber friends. Mm-hmm. I live in Los Angeles. The bulk of my, like, immediate friendships are with people who work in the film industry or are YouTubers. Mm-hmm. I have my co-workers from a specific office that I, I used to work at where we all got really close. It's where I met Mike, my husband, um, those guys. And they're party boys, that group. And then I have my childhood friends, the people that I grew up with who I still stay in contact with. Okay. And what colors do you think each one of those represents? Let me talk this out because I'm having a hard time with one of the groups. Okay. I think my immediate friend group, because they're like comedians, performers, filmographers, uh, they're fun and loud and creative. I want to. I want them to be red. I feel like they're they're vivid and they're the first thing you look at mm-hmm. when I think about my coworkers back from this company Ignition. My Ignition friends. Um, they're cool. They're like when I met them. I had just moved to LA, and so these were like working professionals, editors, and producers who had expendable cash. And would like go out to clubs and dinner. Yeah. And every time we would go out to lunch together, they would always order like two drinks, two cocktails. And they would like smoke weed in the office. (laughs) They were like cool. (laughs) And so when I think about them, I think of like, like Navy, Navy blue, like, like a luxury sports car blue. Okay. But then my childhood friends, I'm having a hard time assigning colors to my childhood friends because I, when I think about them, it's formative and it's soft and it's it's messy. Is it like we were all like growing up and learning together? Is it like the like sepia tone, like that very like warm like I, that? That's what I think of when I think of like um, 
the words that you use to describe. Yeah, it's it's sepia in that the value is there. Mm-hmm. That's soft. There's there are no white whites and no black blacks when I think about them. Mm-hmm. But I'm sepia is not cozy to me. Mm. Um, whereas like like a sage green okay. has a, a softness and a warmth to it, or a baby a baby blue <clears throat> eggshell. I'm gonna say like a like a sage green yeah. for my childhood friends. Okay. So flaming red, sage green, and sports car navy blue. Yeah. I I was trying to decide what my groups of friends for this were. Um, and I think I narrowed it down to camp friends from my, my years working at the summer camp. Magic friends. People who I've met playing magic. And then art friends. Because I also picked the three groups that I think are the most influential in terms of like who I currently am. Mm -hmm. And for the camp friends, I'm thinking like a, a bluish green, like not, not super dark, but like nice and rich, like maybe a seven on the value scale. So like pretty dark, but not like dark, dark. Yeah. Out in the woods, looking at the forest, cozy campfire green. Yeah. And then, um, for the art friends, for me, the art friends are the hard ones because there's so many different like personalities and and the, the logical side of me wants to be like, oh, I choose black because it's all the colors mixed together. And then I was like, no, 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 that's not a good answer. Yeah, because it's about aura. We're talking aura, baby. Yeah. Do they glow? Do they gleam? What are some of the words that you would use to describe your art friends? creative compassionate maybe like a warm saturated purple like like a blue purple because they're they're very they're also very comforting and very like easy to like anytime i've ever seen them interact with a new person everyone's so welcoming and i feel like the blue part of the purple is that the the red part of the purple is the like creativity and the just like the the energy but it's not like so vibrant and so like like it that's not the focus focus of it because i feel like everyone's very chill and level-headed so i think the purple is a good mix i keep thinking about the colors that come out when you slice into a, a blueberry pie Ooh, ooh, yeah yeah i kind of love that <laughs> yeah blueberry pie i now really want blueberry pie I know. Uh, oh, it's the best pie. Put a little bit of vanilla ice cream on there. I love it. And my third group, the Magic Buddies. The Magicians. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would do like a a cool gray. Really? Yeah, like a mid, mid-tone cool gray. Because a lot of them are people that without magic, I don't know if I would have met because they're in different fields. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have met them had not been for playing magic. And it's like, we have this common ground of like, oh yeah, we love this game and we can talk about it and, and kind of find common ground in that. But then it's also led to really other cool things uh, based on that. I wouldn't consider them like most of them to be creative in the sense of like my art group. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're a very like cl- classic Maybe it's the, the right word. Like like the, the, the middle cool gray can kind of go with anything. And I feel like that's the, the, the cool part about that friend group is that 
like even though we probably sans magic like wouldn't wouldn't have met wouldn't be friends like we we work i see yeah so because my personal yellow (laughs) my simpson skin yellow (laughs) (laughs) i'm just imagining you now with that color like skin that's me it's a vibrant color um Mm -hmm. and so it fits in with like a vibrant youtuber film kid red right we're ketchup and mustard baby it's not the same yeah but it is uh it's a companionship like it 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 works there and i don't i don't have to change anything to be there yeah with the co-workers sports car navy blue yellow stands out (laughs) (laughs) you put a little lightning bolt on the side of that of that car yeah and i would say that when i'm around those people um there is a part of me that feels like I need to overcompensate for my lack of expendable cash, mm-hmm. I suppose. Because I, when I met them, I was 22. I had just moved out to L.A. I was really on a budget. Um, and so, so many of the kind of extracurricular fun things that they would do was outside of, of my comfort zone, both socially and also financially. I, I always kind of felt like an outsider, but never because I wasn't invited. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that my color is a in stark contrast to this. Yeah. Um, so is it kind of like maybe you're like the very tiny yellow like pinstriping that just like brings the whole like dark blue sports car together? I must be. Absolutely. Yes. And then with my childhood friends, that kind of soft sage green color being being a dandelion within a verdant field that's kind of that's kind of what i think because i'm also of my of my childhood friends there were a bunch of us that moved Mm -hmm. uh and became i suppose things (laughs) (laughs) a couple of my friends became doctors one's a designer i became an artist but not everybody did and so there, I su- you know, I suppose there is a part of me that like relishes in being special, being different, mm-hmm. being a, f- a flower in the grass. Yeah. Or at least wanting to be. And that's how I see myself there. Nice. Yeah, I would say with my magic friends, I would definitely say that I am like the, the, the like one of these things that isn't like the other type of <laughs> like, like. We used to, before COVID, we would go after the like local game store closed that we we play magic at. We would sometimes go to a Denny's that was close by because Denny's mm-hmm. is always open. And I don't know how this habit or tradition started, but like we started doing this and I can't remember now like who started it or whatever, but the waitresses there like loved us. So we would show up and they would just have like coffee and waters like ready for us at midnight. Cause Whoa. they knew they knew Friday night after midnight was when we would show up. Cause that's when the our, middle grays were coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a sea of gray. Just and then <laughs> pink. the gray magicians <laughs> out of the fog. Yeah. And, and, and they liked us a lot. And we, we, because they took such good care of us, we would also, um, Around Christmas time, I think it was like in 2019, we got them like some prepaid little debit cards as like thank yous for like treating us so well and always like being okay with us being there and playing magic and sometimes being loud. Um, But but (laughs) 
there's one specific Friday that I remember where I had just gotten this like really bright, colorful shirt when I was like just mm-hmm. starting to dabble in the like, oh, I'm going to get this for cons. And then it started to seep into like everyday life. Yeah, and it was like one of the first times that I like wore this one shirt out and, and I, I decided to go to the card shop that week and play. And I remember so many times like my friends would be like, that's a that's a loud shirt. <laughs> God damn it, Ohio. <laughs> and and to be <sighs> fair, it's not something that they would choose because the, most of them are very like, okay, they're going to wear the... And that's fine. They're going to go to Target and they're going to buy what's on the like mannequin, which is totally fine. I love Target clothes. It's great. Um, but yeah, like I, I remember a friend who was like, that's a, a loud shirt. And I was like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I want so badly for you to come and visit me. We'll just like take a walk around Melrose and you will feel so aligned with everybody on the street. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 so that is kind of how I see myself in my my magic group is like I am the like crazy pop of color and pattern. Yeah. In the sea of like blue jeans and black shirts or blue jeans mm-hmm. and like blue shirts or white shirts or whatever. <laughs> Um, engineers yeah or or sometimes people like one of my buddies uh for a really long time he worked at best buy and so like before i actually knew his name because there were a couple weeks where like we had just met i like forgot his name did you call him your bestie (laughs) i should have uh but i would be like ah um um uh the guy from best buy and people would be like ah yeah him yeah he's great love him (laughs) And so everybody's bestie. Yeah, I should tell him that. So, yeah, that's how I would see myself in in that group of friends. And then in the camp friends with the, the like kind of like bluish dark green, everybody that worked at the camp was very like outdoorsy and like super into nature. And a lot of them like were going to school for either nature, biology, that kind of stuff. And then there were also another the other group that was primarily there were like people who were going into education. And then there's me who was like, I'm an artist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think so. I was the only one going to a, a school of art and design. And mm-hmm. so anytime I was given the role of of like, oh, you get to be a area counselor, which meant that you ran one of the activities. I was always the art counselor. And I was like, mm, surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who would have guessed? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so I feel like. Very much in that situation, it's like, yeah, like this, almost like when you find a pink flower in the woods and it's just like this Mm -hmm. like sea of green that complements the pink so well, because I did really enjoy being outside and and I really enjoyed that job and I enjoyed those people. And some of them are like some of my closest friends and we like bonded super, uh, super uh, intensely over the course of eight weeks and kind of living Mm -hmm. in the woods for that long. And then the last one is the group of art friends. And I feel like the pink and that purple, the the reason why I saved them for last is because I feel like I finally found the group of friends where I'm like, oh, this is like my found family. And I feel like mm. the pink and the purple are like when you look at the color wheel and you have analogous colors where it's like they're all next to each other and they all go together really well. Like yeah. That is my art family is like, I feel like everybody in that group you included, like, I feel like is just this perfect little mesh where I'm like, oh, 
I can imagine myself 20 years from now, like still being very close with all of these individuals. Whereas past friends, like childhood friends, whatever, like I feel like there's a certain point where we kind of win our separate ways and it's like, yep, nothing wrong with that. Like totally cool. Like Mm -hmm. nothing. um, There was no reason why we drifted apart. It was just, that was a phase of our lives and we've, you know, gone on to the next phase. And, and I think my art, art friends, because it's such like an analogous and like close knit family, it's, it's very much this like, oh, like it, I feel like that's the, that's the color combination that the pink that is me goes best with. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. I wonder if other people feel this way, like think about their, themselves as having sort of colored auras and friends having colored auras and how it all kind of meshes together. It is something that I think of outside of this little game that we're playing. So we've talked about friendship generally. We've talked about uh, how annoying it is that all of my routine books don't talk about it at all. Uh, And we've introduced some of our like friend groups a little Mm -hmm. bit. But now there may be specific people who were really important in leading us to the place that we're at right now. For me, that friend is going to be Autumn. And Autumn is uh, an interesting person in my life. I would say that she is the the best sister I've ever had because it's a deeper friendship than just a friendship. Like she, she is somebody who I consider a sister. I will know her for the rest of my life. We have contention. We have love. We have support. Like we are always there for each other, even when shit's bad, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those. And when I first met her in, yay, like fourth grade, Mm -hmm. because this has been a lifelong friendship for me, I didn't like her. I (laughs) I didn't respect her. (laughs) We were playing at recess and it was a uh, game with two sides, some silly field tag game thing. Mm -hmm. And she wouldn't choose a side. She kept saying that like whatever side was losing, she would be on that side so she was like fighting for the underdogs and then she would flip sides when that side like (laughs) made more points and i i so didn't respect that that i was like this girl is dead to me no but she was friends with my friends and so i had to be around her oh god Uh, that's so good and over time sort of this it was an enemies to friendship lovers situation because it just we just ended up really caring about each other. And it's funny that that happened that way because we always had a contentious relationship. Mm-hmm. Like we would get under each other's skin bad. And then we'd hang out all the time. And to this day, we are still very close. Both of us ended up moving out to Los Angeles. And a big reason why that happened was because of choices that she had made. So Autumn is an artist. Mm-hmm. And Autumn was committed to being an artist her whole life where I wasn't. I wanted to be a scientist or a musician or a actress or a biologist. There was a bunch of different things that I was interested in, but Autumn always wanted to be an artist. So she took art classes all through school and it was her mm-hmm. that I went to when I had a scheduling conflict. I had I had signed up for painting one my senior year of of high school because I had an open class mm-hmm. and I just could pick anything and I didn't want to pick anything. I, I, I picked like Roman mythology and painting one. 
but the painting one numbers were wrong and it signed me up for AP art advanced placement are like the highest level of art that you can take in high school. Yeah. And I go to autumn and I'm like, Hey, this is not right. Um, and she said, you know what? No, you're good enough to be in that class though. Mm-hmm. Cause it's something that I always did just on the side on my own. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, I know the teacher, I'm going to introduce you. We're, we're going to go talk to the teacher. You put together a portfolio and we'll see if Mrs. White will accept you into AP art. And I was like, what? I, I guess so. Okay, sure. And that's what I did. Literally, thanks to Autumn, I was accepted into AP art, which changed the trajectory of my life. I don't think wow. I would have gone to art school if it wasn't for taking that class. This wouldn't have happened without Autumn, this podcast. No. And I, I owe a lot of some of the best decisions I've ever made to her influence. And her and I were close. We we used to model for each other. We used to do like nude modeling for each other where we would go to each other's houses and sit. We were in high school and we didn't have access to uh, models. Mm-hmm. And so we would do it for each other. So we've got some fucking bad drawings. <laughs> <laughs> You've got dirt on each other. <laughs> yeah, dirt on each other. Dirt that would not work because they're unrecognizably the other person. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Um, oh, that's so funny. But yeah, she, we were very close and remain close. Uh, and both of us have grown to be better people in the world and still have each other's back. Mm-hmm. Shouts out Autumn. Yeah. She's, she has a little bit of, of uh, viral fame, too. She's sort of a makeup influencer. And I say sort of because she's a project manager at Sugar Pill, which mm-hmm. is a cosmetic company for a lot of drag queens. Mm. It's just a cosmetic company in general, but they have a lot of, of affiliation with the drag community. And so it's really vibrant, colorful, beautiful makeup. If you were into makeup, Andrew, this would be your company, dude. Uh, and so she has a not, not insignificant following. And yeah. I'll put links to her stuff in the description. Nice. I think for me, in terms of like formative and like early days, I would pick a buddy of mine named Jay, who I met playing magic. And one of my first interactions with him was I was trying to trade for a card and he didn't see anything that he wanted from me. And mm-hmm. I remember him being like, well, you're, you, you said you're an artist, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Or like he had seen something that I had drawn. He was like, how about this? He goes, I'll give you this card. And then you draw in this little sketchbook. It was like a little five by seven sketchbook. He's like, you draw my favorite magic card, which was this angel character. And he was like, you draw a, that in, in the sketchbook for me and I'll give you this card. And I was like, okay, cool. And from that point on, like we became pretty good friends and he would like, we would go to Gen Con in the summer and, and I would walk around with like him and a couple of my other magic buddies. And at the time I was like way too timid to talk to any of the professional magic artists there. Mm. And so we would just like go up and I, if, if I was left to my own devices, I would just like stand at a table and just like look around and not yeah. say a damn word because I was just petrified. And Jay was somebody who would like talk to the artist and be like, hey, how you doing? Like you doing well? Like how's the show going? Da, 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 da. Like love the work that you do for magic. Like love this card. It's so great. Oh, my buddy here, Andrew, he's an artist. Like, you should like take take a look at his stuff. And he would just like open the door for me to then talk to them. 
Incredible. And I remember feeling like super grateful to have him around. And I even joked like in college, I was like, dude, I was like, I just need to have you to be my like publicist because like you're way better at talking to people than I am. And and over time, I've gotten much more extroverted and I don't know what happened. Like, I feel like there was a switch that got flipped sometime in college where I went from this like mm-hmm. very timid, like introvert person to like being a lot more extroverted. The, the fuck it switch. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Maybe it was because I unsubscribed from, from uh, Catholic school uh, after college. I don't know. Interesting. Maybe that's an episode. <laughs> yeah. How Catholicism <laughs> has held us back. Religious trauma <laughs> episode. Let's get into it. <laughs> I take it back. I don't want to do it. But yeah, like Jay was really great about doing that. And then I, I also remember him vaguely threatening me one time where he was like, I swear, if you don't turn, if you don't go into being an artist or like make something out of this, he's like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I would definitely say Jay was a a big influential uh, friend of mine, especially in the formative years of, of wanting to go after art as a career. Yeah. Ah. And they'll, I don't think that either of these people, Autumn or Jay, will ever truly know what kind of an impact they had. Because mm-hmm. you can tell them and they'll be like, oh, I didn't, okay. <laughs> yeah. Ha ha. <laughs> and you'll say, like, for real, Stamp though. and then, like punch you on the arm and like go about their day. Yep. And then like the music cue starts and the camera zooms in on your face and you're like, but. One single tear. Traces down your big cheek. And you, you smile. then you, yeah, you wipe it away and you smile. <laughs> 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 so I was going to ask, do you have an artist you want to share this week? But I'm the one that's sharing the artist. So yes, I do have an artist I would like to share. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen to me. I want to tell you about a cool person. Their name is Nicole Rifkin. Um, I just found their work. I opened up Twitter before we started recording today. And this was one of the things that showed up. And I was like, Ooh, I like this a lot. Ooh. Yeah. The colors feel like almost very childhood friends. Yeah. These colors seventies, but also like updated, like it feels antique or vintage, but it's fresh. Well, that's because she's drawing a wide swath of different types of bodies and people. And and it's also like feels very screen printy, like it, it feels like screen prints, like some of the work and it has some of those like really nice halftone textures and also like really wonderful um like sometimes just big blocks of color that overlay and like change different parts of the the illustration or the color um and there's like different faces in some pieces that are overlaid and kind of like warped. And it's just really, really cool. Tweet at us at your art friends, or you can also email us at your art at gmail.com. And I believe we have an email to read on the show. Yes. Uh, courtesy of uh, Pip Culverson. Uh, so Pip wrote in and said, hi, Beth. Hey, Andrew, my name's Pip. I want to be an artist in rural Australia in SW. Shout out to Mulian Creek the village I live outside of and went to primary school at. But anyways, I just wanted to say a few things. First thing, never forget, you've got two Aussie fans that love you guys. That's awesome. We're international. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the final thing is that I think it's so fun and don't take this the wrong way or change it because I love it and it makes me laugh. 
But Beth, when you finish your show and you say that's what you get when two friends with a love of making things and a bare bare arse hang out together. I feel like you and Andrew sit down with a common interest for art and then an arse sits down between you. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you two are both happy and healthy. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Pip. That is Thank you, fantastic. Um, we love that that visual, and we sent it to Podcast Dad, and he thought it was great. It's just the ball from Bubble. Yeah, we just sit down with the Bubble next to us. Yeah, you know, after we record uh, the episode every time. <laughs> yeah, after a nice sweaty game. Is that what you're gonna say? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> You can find me at Beth B. Red all over the internet. I am on Twitch on Mondays, noon Pacific Standard Time. D&D&D, or rather pre-D&D, my other podcast, you can listen to that. I'm also doing something with Diefall on Twitch. Follow me on Twitter for more information about that. If you're going to go to San Diego Comic Con, definitely check out Beth there and say hi and call her Sweaty Cash. Yep. Call, call me Sweaty Cash, and maybe I'll have a Sweaty Cash discount. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Those who know, know. Uh, that's that's it for me. How about you, Andrew? Uh, yeah, you can find me at Schmandrew Art um, everywhere online. That's my website and social media. Uh, most active on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And if you want to buy any prints, mats, token packs, enamel pins, you can check those out on my website. Uh, I think I'm going to actually close my shop soon. So if, if you're listening to this, definitely uh, make any purchases that you might want. And then your future, because I'm going to have a really busy December. And I think it might be difficult for me to ship stuff out and get them to folks on time. So I think I'm going to shut shut down my shop in December. Gotcha. So get it in while you can. <laughs> Just like Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've come to the end of the podcast. <laughs> sometimes we were serious and sometimes it was just tomfoolery. Shout out to famed 16th century court jester Tom Fool. <laughs> But that's just what you get when two friends who met because of a shared love of making things and also a bare ass hang out together. (laughs) See ya. Your Art Friends is a Moorpark Media production. Our music is by Andrew Smith. You can listen to his music on Spotify and iTunes under the name Makeshift Radio. 